Hello and welcome to this episode of BYOB. Bring your own books, booze, <laughs> boys. We've got we have a boy. Yay, we, we have the trifecta today. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, yeah. I am Nola Nash. She is Laura Kemp, and he is Robert Gwaltney. We are so excited to have our friend Robert Gwaltney mm -hmm. joining us today. Um, Robert, your book has taken off like a shot, and it is it is just so deserving of every accolade that it's gotten. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. It was fantastic. So we're going to talk a bit about that. But before we get to the book, why don't you let folks know a little about you? Sure. Well, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, by day, I work as vice president of... Um, Easter Seals, I'm responsible for providing oversight of our early education and care services. We serve children six um, weeks up to five years of age. All of our children are living at or below poverty and about 30% of our children have a diagnosed disability. And in all the hours between, I am a writer of Southern fiction. Phenomenal writer of Southern fiction. Let's let's add that to it because this is Robert's new book. This is your debut. It and is. it is really hard to believe that this is a debut novel. This is so good. Um, the cicada tree is amazing. It is Southern fiction. It's got a little bit of that paranormal twist in it that Laura and I like to have in our books. So um, you can you can bet this was definitely one that was highly anticipated by both of us. So we're glad to see that it's getting all the attention that it deserves as well, because we oh, thought it buzz. was fantastic. The buzz. <laughs> the cicada buzz. And I have to tell you, it was, you know, last summer, the cicadas were awful here. And, you know, different parts of the country get them at you know, different times. And I was telling Laura, I said, I've, I've lived in Tennessee through two kind of cycles of this. Um, this past one wasn't nearly as bad, but this past one, I had one that got into my house <laughs> and I couldn't oh, find wow. it. I could hear it, but I couldn't find it. Um, it was, I had a black table and oh. chairs and it was on one of the table legs. And so I couldn't see it. <laughs> like I'm just looking everywhere, blended right in. Um, another time, uh, my other encounter with cicadas, it was like a big one. Um, and my youngest daughter loved them. She thought they were great. Anyway, kind of like Annalise, you know, yeah. just, they're kind of just everywhere. And she's just like, this is, this is what we have here. And she's like, I don't know, four. Loved it. Until <laughs> we were driving down the interstate and I had the windows open because the AC had gone out in my car. And one flew through the front window, bounced off of my ear <laughs> and into the back seat with her. And she's shrieking. We're going like 70 miles an hour. That was my close encounters of the cicada con. I don't <laughs> have any. Are they in are they in the north? Northlands? Do they live up here? Well, mm. I think it's possible. I don't know how prevalent they are. I mean, I know that, of course, here in the South there, yeah. I mean, we, we have them every summer, but then um, Ooh, every you've got your seven, your 13, you know, year broods that have Ours are 17 years, I think. And 17, yeah, there's 17 I don't years. I've never seen them. Yeah, Maybe the different broods have like a different yeah. letter, you know, like brood X and brood whatever. Yeah. yeah. So keep track of them all. But yeah, then they'll come out in different places at different times. I mean, we had the big one in Tennessee, but then I lived in Alabama, you know, several years before, you know, like night or late mid nine, late nineties. 
And there was one then. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot get away from these freaking bugs. So <laughs> it, it added to the, the kind of creepy factor for me reading your book because of my personal experiences with cicadas. And I love that the cicadas, even though it's the cicada tree, it's kind of the metaphor in the background of the book. And so please folks do not think this is a creepy book about bugs. It is not <laughs> no. a creepy book about bugs. It is a creepy book about people. <laughs> and yeah. I love the metaphor of the cicadas. And how did, how did that one come to you? Um, well, so I, the cicada tree itself, I think was inspired by summer when I was a boy. I might've been maybe about the age of the protagonist, Annalise Newland. We were covered up in Southwest Georgia in my hometown of Cairo with cicadas, they were everywhere. And I was fascinated and I would pull the shelves off. I would put them on me, I'd put them in my hair, uh, just like the characters do in the book. Um, so I think that's really, I, I knew that I wanted to incorporate cicadas early on when I was gonna tell the story. Um, and I wanted them you know, to, to have their own mythology. When I wrote the cicada tree, I, I really sort of thought of them that you know, it's, it's nymphs beneath the ground and they're for years and years they're just listening to everything that's going above um, and they're just eating people's secrets and they're waiting for that right moment where they can uh, come up through the earth and set set wrongs right and sing out all the things they know i love that mm -hmm. i love the listening ears. very mystical yes very much so oh, very much so there are some great characters in this book as well you've got some fantastic just interesting, flawed. I mean, I, I love flawed characters. Um, and I love watching those flaws actually be some things that not only propel the story forward, but also sometimes come in handy. You know, some of these things, it, it ends up being something that, that ultimately um, serves them well. And it, it's kind of that accepting of our flaws, accepting of flaws in others. Um, there's some loss, there's some tragedy. And there are definitely some moments of redemption in the book. And I love how you've woven all of those things through a child's eyes. So Annalise Newell is our, is our main character and she's um, 11, correct? She's 11, right. She's 11. And these characters that you've written, are they based on anybody you know? I mean, I know that's like a standard writer's question. Everybody's going to ask the writer, do you base characters on people you know? But these seemed to be so, you knew them so intimately well. I mean, they're so complex and they're just so layered that it's, 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 they seem familiar to you as you're reading, like to a reader. It's like we knew people like this, um, especially in the South. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Laura, I don't know, you can speak to that or not, but. I knew people like these characters I imagine. and it was just, they were so familiar, you know, so it felt like I knew, I knew them myself. So I was wondering if perhaps these were kind of an uh, amalgamation of people that you've known yeah. over the years. I think that, yeah, I think that they are an amalgam really of people that I've known. Um, you know, like for one of the, the characters that, you know, that I, I liked as a, as a human being, but found despicable was um, Minnie Jean, Carter, he was the church organist, you know, and, and she really, you know, I've known a lot of Southern ladies like, um, a lot of church ladies like, like Minnie Jean, and she is hard to, certainly hard to like, mm -hmm. um, but I, there's like no one person that I've based 
characters on. And really, too, you know, as a writer, I've, I've taken a look at their an amalgam, but also I think it's hard as a writer not to throw bits and pieces of yourselves through all of your characters. Oh, yeah. Really. yeah, absolutely. So you know, I think that you know, those those things that I see as um, redemptive in myself, you know, I put in people and then and then those those parts of myself that, you know, I think might be unflattering that I could work on. You know, I've, I've, I've magnified those things and I've put them into to other characters as well. I think that's something that readers don't necessarily, um, you know, that they they don't know because they don't know us as intimately as we know ourselves. But very often that is something that happens, I think, sometimes almost unconsciously with yeah. authors sometimes, too. Um, I know I've talked to people who have read my books and know me well and are going, you know, that's you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, it is. Does that happen to you, Laura? Yeah, I, I mean, in my books, first person, mm -hmm. I make no qualms about that they're, the, the protagonist is based on myself as a 25-year-old. And I think I worked through a lot of stuff through the mm -hmm. course of the three books that I wrote about her oh, internally. You know, my own stuff, yeah. my own flaws, my own, and progressively in each book, I think she gets a little stronger. Mm -hmm. And I hope that, that I have too. So, yeah, I think it's therapeutic. All sorts of things are going on with us as writers as we're developing these characters. And to say that there's not a part of us in every character that we create, I think is, yeah. I don't know if that's true, if that can be true yeah. to write a well-developed character. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, you certainly have to spend a lot of time with them and you have to yeah. really feel as if you know, know them uh, three-dimensionally. Mm -hmm. I think people um, that don't know you try to uh, uh, make... Um, assumptions about who you might be as a person. And then those people that do know you try to find you in themselves in your writing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting to me when you've written something and, you know, when a book comes out, it's been years you know, since that manuscript was first written and you first sit down, you know, people lose sight of that. You know, the, the general reading public sometimes loses sight of about how long ago in that writer's past that book <laughs> was actually being conceived of and written. And it's interesting for me to look back at, at manuscripts, at stories, at characters, and think about how my life has changed, how I have changed, what I've gone through, and how I might write that character differently if I were to do it now, and how much of that present moment is actually responsible for that character's development and the qualities that I've given them. And then kind of looking at other things that I've written and, and watching my own progression through characters and through storylines. And it's it's kind of a you think it's an interesting time capsule, you know? I mean, yeah, really well, kind of because you're quite, you're, you're one person when you begin to write a project that's as lengthy as a novel. And you're quite a different person at the other end of it, mm -hmm. I think. You do change quite a bit. I When I go back and I read the beginnings of The Cicada Tree, you know, there, um, there's an innocence that unravels throughout the book. Mm -hmm. And I go back and I think, oh, my gosh, some of those moments are so sweetly done. And I think, have I become so jaded that I, will I, will I ever be able to recreate that innocence again, you know, mm -hmm. in a book? I don't know. We'll see. But I, I do marvel at how the novel starts and, and there's um, a sweetness in parts, you know, mm -hmm. between Annalise and her dear friend Adam A. And of course, you know, the book progressively gets darker um, 
which is, you know, a thing I love. You know, I love those dark places in, in literature. Mm -hmm. But I love, too, the way that it loops back it to the sweet moment between the two of them again. It's a it's a darker sweet moment, yes. but and it's a different. Um, everything has changed for them. Um, but I do love that book ending. I love bookends. I do love where you can sense. I think that it's um, it's it's certainly a, a an easier device to show the progression of um, of a protagonist, you know, beginning and the end. And I do love book endings. Um, I do love I do love echoes in a chapter too. You know, I think that everything needs mm -hmm. to mean something, and everything needs to build on the next thing that's going to happen. Absolutely. I think if you do that, you know, one of the reasons I. Um, that I think it's difficult for me when someone says, would you like to read something? I can only really read something within the first three chapters because yeah. everything is so layered. It's like a house of cards. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're going to give spoilers away if you go too far into the book. Yep. I'm, I'm the same way. Um, you know, anytime anybody asks me to read anything, I, I usually start with the first page of the book because things start to happen very quickly and things happen very quickly in this book as well. And that's one of the things I really liked about it is you are turning pages very fast and trying to figure out, you know, I'm trying to get ahead of you as the author to see if I can figure out where you're going with it. And then I'm wrong. <laughs> and so then I want to see what went wrong. Why was I not able to figure it out? And it's just, it's, it's such a quick book. So I can absolutely see why you wouldn't want to just kind of open to chapter six and start reading because <laughs> that's as you're going to give too much away. You're exactly right. Yeah. Now, is there a reason, Robert, that you came up with the name Annalise? Of course, I have to ask because of my my right. daughter. Right. You have a daughter named Annalise. And, um, and her, Spelled the same way almost. Right. Yeah. And so it's not a traditional spelling. So no. the name Annalise, I don't know. Names are so important to me, and I just they are. I, I just really think brood and worry over them. You know, who's mm -hmm. what? What should this the lyrical quality of the name? It has to be lyrical for me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it has to complement the other characters' names. It yeah, can't yes. be too similarly situated to other names. Really, mm -hmm. they have to be very distinct. If you don't want to have three people in a room at the same time and their names all start with an R, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. But names, I think, are so are so important. I don't I don't have any personal close connection to the name um, Annalise. I did use. I had a great grandfather who was named Claxton, um, Claxton Long, and um, I used his name. That's a great name um, to give to to Annalise's father. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only. Um, oh, and so and there's a character, a little boy. Levin Banks Darlington, um, and his last, his first name is um, is a family last name. Um, okay. We have some Banks in the family. I thought that would be a really cool. Mm -hmm. I do that too. Sometimes I do that in family names or yeah. people that I've known and little Easter eggs I, for you and your family. Yeah. Yeah. Then people like to see it when they open the book. Oh, is this you know this person or is this this person? I've had readers enjoy that too but i really like seeing my daughter's name spelled almost the exact same way so that was really intriguing to me so i had to ask if there was a reason and it's a pretty name it, it is. is isn't it darn it yeah she refers to anna ana and sometimes i wish i had done a n a a n n a because a lot of people call her anna 
but it's Anna, just with one yeah. name, so. Well, it is just a beautiful person. A million ways. So, yeah. absolutely. Now, Robert, you have been kind of everywhere, kind of making the circuit yes, here, absolutely. talking to lots of different people. You've got kind of your virtual book tour thing going on. Um, tell us some things that you've been doing, things that you've got on the horizon. Yeah, you know, it, it's been busy. I'm glad. You know, so I, I'm doing things like this. That, um, which is a lot of fun. I love to be able to zoom in and do um, do the book club and speak with other authors about the book and just about the process of writing. Um, I got to go to some in-person events, which which was wonderful. Um, yeah, so I actually have things scattered, you know, throughout. I think maybe as far into to October of, of this next year. I mean, things are quiet, but, you know, there'll be a smattering of things. And if there are other opportunities to be able to schedule things as I move forward, I'd like to be able to do that, certainly. That is for anyone who is interested in seeing Robert, please go. Your Facebook page, I know, has got a lot of um, your events on there. You had a, a graphic on there with all of those yeah. events on their um, website as well. Um, so that they can learn information about me by visiting robertlgwaltney.com. I don't think I have the event schedule on. Typically, I'm really good about them on Facebook um, uh, several days out or weeks before just posting. Hey things that are going to be happening coming up. You're very good at promotion. <laughs> yeah, but like I did with, I think, we, I think we posted BYOB, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I started to spread the news about that. Yes, yes, yep. and we'll post again the day that it that it broadcasts, so. Mm -hmm. And Laura and I were just firming up plans today for something that we are going to be doing this summer. Um, I am excited because... <laughs> You and I are actually going to be in the same place for the very first time, we like ever. We've never met in person. No. We need to have it videotaped or something. I know. Crazy. I mean, we've known each other for what? Four, four or five, five years? years. Mm -hmm. Never met in person. No. Never. Never. We only live seven hours apart. So that doesn't seem that long. I know. That far of a drive, but it's, it's going to go to Killer Nashville. Yes, we're going to Killer Nashville, and we're super excited about that. The keynote speaker this year is Hank Phillippe Ryan, who we both love. Um, some great names are going to be there. Killer Nashville is a wonderful conference for authors, but also it is open uh, several times during the conference to the public. So there is a, they always partner with an indie bookstore, and there are you know, readers can come and buy books there, have them signed by the authors, and even the awards dinner. You can, um, as a public, buy tickets to go watch all of these fabulous authors win their awards. So Killer Nashville is a great conference for anyone that has not been. If you're a thriller writer, a suspense writer in any way, um, it's the conference for you. There's some great folks there. So Killer Nashville is fantastic. And we will both be there along with a couple of other of our friends that we know. Uh, Terry Shepard will be there. And our friend Danny, maybe Robert, been on the show. Maybe Robert will stop. Maybe. It sounds like a good time. <laughs> it's a great time. It, it really is a lot of fun. And they do give you some time during the, the conference as well to get out and explore natural a little bit, yeah. um, which is actually. Um, I'm I had, scared. No, I was going to say. Yeah. Well, last year, I got to have dinner with Michelle and with Benny Sims, um, whose novel won Best Mystery last year. And um, we, we got to hang out and uh, get to see them in downtown Franklin, which is just, you know, 10 minutes from where the conference is being held. So it's going to be a good time. And Laura and I are looking forward to that. So I'm so excited that this is working out. <laughs> yes. 
Well, before, yes. And we were like, what do we sign up for? Which, which, you know, which workshops do we want to do? All these good things. It's always the fun part of it. <laughs> do it by myself it's okay <laughs> and I don't want to no 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 and I've got some um special things I have not announced yet and will not announce just yet that um I'm working on for Killer Nashville as well um so it'll be fun and <laughs> Laura knows about it but we're keeping it under our hats for a little while we will reveal all at some point but for now so that was kind of our book news um let's put the graphic up after we talk <laughs> <laughs> Because this is how we do it. Well, <laughs> We're scaring for a moment. Breaking news. Oh, my goodness. What? What happened? The cicadas are back. Oh, <laughs> I mean, locusts are one thing. They're smaller. Those cicadas, man. Oh, God. Um, so speaking of what we're reading, and of course, Laura and I have read the cicada tree and love it. So what are we reading now? Um, let's see. Let's talk about what we are reading. You guys got anything in particular that you have that you're getting into now? Yeah. So I'm reading uh, Kimberly Brock's um, The Lost Book of Eleanor Dare, which is really good. Ooh, I've heard a lot about that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just a, a lovely work. And I'm, I'm a fan of Kimberly's writing. Um, I loved her debut novel, The River Witch. Mm. Um, so I, I love this new book. I think it's going to do really well. So if you're looking for a great book to read, The Lost Book of Eleanor Dare. Wow. And I feel kind of, kind of bad because I've been editing. Well, my third book is coming out May 24th. So I've been editing and editing and all I see is my, <laughs> my third book. So I haven't been reading and that's but that is Shameful perfectly good excuse for not having anything reading and i've kind of been doing some of the same thing but i have also been reading karen white's newest book the shop on royal street is a continuation of her um other series not really i mean it's some of the same characters but it's like a, a break in the series and kind of a, a detour i guess um the shop on royal street of course takes place in new orleans and the main character's name is Nola. <laughs> it's not me, but there you go. Those I, can, I feel connected <laughs> to this character by name. So it's a great book as well. Um, Nola comes into town. Um, she buys a fixer-upper. And she's determined to get this particular house back on its feet. And, um, you know, most people are like, mm, you know, this is, this is probably more than you can handle. The uh, DIY part. Not so much more than she can handle the uh, the ghosts, however. Ooh, we always <laughs> like the ghosts. <laughs> so ghosts. it, of course, has got ghosts in New Orleans and all of the good things that make me happy. So I'm really excited about the shop on Royal Street. So a couple of books there for you to add to your to-be-read list. Um, chip away at those. Um, this one is very, very, it's, it's lighthearted and it's funny. I mean, it's, it's a light mystery ghost mystery kind of thing. I mean it's it's not quite a cozy but it's it's definitely a bit more on the lighter side so even though they're ghosts it's uh it's a fun ride yeah I love her riding mm -hmm. oh she's great she is absolutely wonderful and so I believe I'm gonna have the chance to interview her too for dead folks tales here coming up Ooh. so that'll be fun for the other podcast um to get to talk to Karen White so we're working on scheduling that one as well so Robert Best place to find you is Facebook, I would imagine. Yeah, you can. I, I have a, a, a Facebook account, Instagram account, and um, I think you can link to, to those accounts if you're having trouble finding me by visiting robertlgwaltney.com. 
Excellent. Wonderful. And you can find Laura on Kemp Camp, which is her Facebook group page and all sorts of good things coming up with the launch of the third and final installment in the Lantern Creek series. That is coming out. Great book. I had a chance we'll have a to advance read it. Yes, we're going to have a party. I always love our book launch parties. They're so much fun. We Chips have a good time. And dip and punch, right? <laughs> Streamers, balloons, <laughs> confetti, <laughs> confetti cannon. <laughs> really go big. So we've got some fun stuff coming up for Laura. And I've got some things coming up towards the end of the summer. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And so closer to August, we will be getting some more news on my site as well. But if you want to see what's going on in my world, NOLA's Second Line is the Facebook group to be on. And all the announcements and things like that come from there. So jump on over to those groups. Go fo follow Robert. You will not regret it. And make sure that you pick up your copy of the cicada tree. Robert Gwaltney, it has indeed been a joy. With you. Great. A great day. Thank you for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome yeah. anytime. Come on back. We enjoy the heck out of you. You know, I love ya. Thank you. All love right. You. Thanks for joining us on BYOB. This has been a copywritten podcast of Authors on the Year Global Radio Network. Oh, 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 oh,